This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Hello, this is Lord Mayor Sally Cap. You are listening to Saturday Magazine on Joy 94.9. Paula Macca here on your Saturday morning. It's 10.14. Macca, who are we talking to? We're speaking with Simon Ruth. Simon is the CEO of Thorn Harbour Health. And for a lot of listeners who don't know what Thorn Harbour Health is, which rock have you been hiding under, but previously known as the Victorian AIDS Council Gay Men's Health Centre. Good morning, Simon. How are you? Morning, Macca. How are you? Hey, Paul. Morning. And Simon. Great, great to be on Joy 94.9, formerly known as Joy FM. <laughs> You've been listening. You've been listening intently. I have, I have. <laughs> so... How's the week been, Simon? But I see that, and this is something that used to, it was very near and dear to my heart. Many years ago, when I was CEO of People Living with HIV-AIDS, now known as Living Positive, uh, the Catholic HIV-AIDS ministry, which actually had a couple of locations in Melbourne, but one of them was in uh, Victoria Parade, mm. um, and that's been closed. Is no more. Why? We don't know. Um, you know, Mark Hayes has been the backbone of that organisation for years. probably the whole 40 years that they've existed. Uh, and they've been a key partner of ours. They they help us run the memorial service, which, which took place um, last Friday evening. Uh, they've been an amazing service, particularly for people. Not everybody feels comfortable coming into our programs. Mm. And, and, you know, we do service, tend to service one end of the HIV epidemic in, in Victoria and in, in Australia, and, and the Catholic AIDS ministry provides a, a different service. Marg uh, has is, has decided to retire, and we wish her well, and I'm sure Marg won't be going too far. She'll still be around. Yeah. Uh, but um, Catholic Care has made the decision to close the service. Um, they're... they're doesn't appear to be a lot of community consultation and you know it's just oh, one sure, of those I'm, I'm sure a few bishops got together and had a discussion they, they about probably it. did um but it, it you know it's just another example of non-lgbti services and non-hiv services that don't really consider the needs of our communities when they're when they're one or two champions in the organization walk out simon can I, a question from me do you think there's been a, any change in the leadership there that may have precipitated that decision uh, uh, well, Catholic Care is a new organisation. It, it's the formation of three uh, former diocesan um, Catholic social service organisations, and and it is attached to the diocese, so it, do, it does have church uh, control of the organisation, whereas, say, Vincent Care doesn't necessarily yep, have yep. that. Um, so, yes, I'm, I'm sure leadership changes, interest, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of turmoil in the Catholic Church at the mm. moment. I'm sure Joy listeners are aware of what the Pope's doing and and the moves that he's making and, and how the rest of the world's reacting to that, particularly in America and other other, other parts of the world. Mm. Disappointing. Mm. Yeah, it's uh, it is disappointing uh, because Marg and and the folk around it did some incredible work and provided a safe place and particularly a safe place and a caring place and a compassionate place, you know, for for folk of that faith and but also not of that faith that we're impacted by HIV AIDS and to basically, oh, okay, well, we're done here. Um, that says to me that the Catholic Church <clears throat> um, has no sense of history. Perhaps they need to go back to the original franchise manual and about caring for people regardless of who they are. 
I know that's a novel concept for them. Yeah, they, the, the, the Catholic Church are the largest provider of yeah. HIV services worldwide and have been probably since the start of the epidemic. But in Australia, they closed their services in South Australia a couple of years ago, um, and, and now this one's gone as well. So, you know, it is disappointing as someone who grew up Catholic. You know, it, it's disappointing oh, did to, you? to see the lack of space that faith organisations often give to our communities. Yeah. So what else is happening? We're giving them a slap. What else is happening? Well, it was World AIDS Day, um, yes. you know, so we... We had the memorial service, which um, is always an incredibly moving night where particularly a lot of mothers and family members come along that one day of the year where they get to remember the loved ones they've lost. We have the quilts up uh, in the PLC. We have the memorial service. Um, Jake Carney, Federal Minister, spoke. Alison Thorne spoke. Uh, Michelle Tobin, who's a leader in the Aboriginal space. I've known Michelle for many years. Michelle lives in Sydney, though. Uh, but Michelle was formerly from Victoria and she got up and was remembering some people she'd lost and then she suddenly wow. got teary because yeah. the quilt that she had made for her husband oh. um, was up. And, and I'd seen that quilt many times and never realised that that was Michelle's husband. Um, so that, that was incredibly moving. Um, the Gay and Lesbian Chorus performed her always incredible, um, you know, and provide some joy into the night. Um, and, then, and then, you know, World AIDS Day and that Awareness Week is a, is a big week for us. Generally, we had a, a morning tea in Victorian Parliament where yep. uh, Professor Edwina Wright and Paul Kidd, who's our Deputy Chair, both spoke um, about what's where we are at H- with HIV in Victoria right now and where we need to go. Uh, there was a breakfast at Federal Parliament uh, where the Federal Minister, Mark Butler, has released a 25-point plan to end HIV in Australia or end... Uh, you can, know, I, can I ask... Can I ask you, you know, how do you feel about that 25-point plan? Does it does it go far enough? It goes far enough if it's funded. Yep. Um, you know, we Follow the money. Go, governments are always very good at releasing plans that say the right things and then they don't yeah. put the money behind the plan. So, it's called virtue signalling, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, one, one of the things they are looking at, at in that plan is our vending machine project that we run in South Australia. And they we ha- had a meeting yesterday about how you would roll that out across the country. So tell our listeners about that vending machine. I was... How long has that been operating? Is it a year, 18 months? Oh, two years. Like, that is an extraordinary use of technology and providing access to people that may not have access. Tell us about the vending machine. Yeah, so we, we know from HIV data, and, and you'll have seen this if you follow what they've been mm. talking about in Sydney, that we do very, very well with uh, Australian-born gay and bisexual men who are community-connected. One group that we're missing are new migrants and particularly overseas students as they arrive in Australia, uh, and they do still appear in the HIV data and and they are not on the decline at all, whereas we're pretty much on the decline in every other population. Uh, There was a piece of research done out of Melbourne Sexual Health by Nick Medland, which said that it takes about two years for migrant students to learn who organisations like Thorn Harbour are. So for that first two years, they're on their own, they don't get access to information, they're putting themselves at risk. So the Vending Machine Project was, all right, then we need to go where they are and we need to take HIV testing to them. We can't expect them to come to us. You know, there's a whole bunch of reasons why it takes you two years. Language barriers, cultural barriers... You're at, you're at uni in Melbourne, you've got other things on, or in Adelaide, yep. you've got other things on that are taking your time up. So we've put the vending machines into the um, international student lounges across three universities in South Australia, um, and it's done incredibly well. Um, I think we've had five positive tests now, so there's oh, wow. five people who are aware that they have Fantastic. HIV who are now onto treatment, uh, you know, and, and are able to educate themselves. And a whole bunch, I think we hand out... 200 tests a month. It is the most successful vending machine project anywhere in the world, but it's because most of the vending machine projects elsewhere just have a spray. They target the whole community. This one is very very much delivered to one community. Uh, It's offered in eight different languages. 
um, and it's pitched towards uh, migrant students coming into Australia. Simon, because that's been so successful, do you think there's an opportunity to extend that to other forms of sexual health testing? Uh, yes, not, not every form of, not every condition has a, a rapid test like that. But yes, it, it, the, the, the concept is very applicable. Because I think, you know, putting those into universities all over the country, you know, just any young person would have the, the nervousness of going to a sexual health clinic maybe for the first time. Mm. And therefore that might be a good um, barrier to, to stop losing that barrier to entry. Yeah, yeah I, I remember my first HIV test. It was terrifying mm. 30 years ago now, but... Um, you know, it was a big step. So yes. Do you think there's an opportunity to expand those vending machines into into Melbourne? Uh, we, we will be looking at doing that. Um, so so the federal government's given us given us some funding to keep the project in South Australia going. Yep. We will at least come into one Victorian university next year. Um, probably one of the big ones that already we we have champions in, such as the HIV researchers. Um, and, and then the the federal government are committed to rolling this out nationally across the country. So if you if uh the people from Mark Butler's office are listening, or the podcast. <laughs> Give us some money. And Josh Burns, member for McNamara, um, let's see if we can get some good recurrent funding for these machines in Melbourne, um, because we have a huge overseas student population in Melbourne. And Sydney. We should, be, Sydney. we should be doing it oh, to all the major universities that have international students. The, the New South Wales government are actually looking at this as well, as well themselves. Great. Yeah, they've, they've seen what we've done in South Australia and they, as a state government, um, are investigating it. This is a great example of advocacy and care and compassion and how it's developed and the use, you know, like a vending machine. Think back all those years ago, Simon. Vending machines, you know, were for pies and drinks and cigarettes and all that condoms. sort of Condoms. Condoms, you know, and now, oh, I can get a HIV rapid test. I mean, I just – and the rapid test itself, the fact that it exists, but what an incredible initiative. Mm. Yeah. Um, um, as we do better in, in, you know, managing HIV, it's getting harder. Mm. So so we're, we're – you know, the research out of Sydney and Mel Melbourne's pretty much in the same position, though we, we don't tend to gloat as much as Sydney do. Um, but we're pretty much, you know, we're, we've – done what we can do with the majority of the population and, and now we're getting to the sticky end, the hard end, the sticky. people who are hard to get to. And, yeah. and so we've, we've got to come up with novel ways to speak to people. Sorry, put me on the spot again. Um, 2023, uh, we're getting to the end of the year. Um, reflections on stuff yeah. you've been proud of this year and then maybe looking forward to 2024, what do you hope to achieve next year? Uh, it, it's been a massive year. Um, you know, monkeypox was still very present yep. this year, and, yeah. and and we we were a finalist in the public health awards for our work in monkeypox. Um, you know, so we we that started last year, but we were still on the cusp of that this year, and it did raise its head again. Um, and then probably in Victoria, much of this year has been focused on the Mental Health Royal Commission and, and trying to make sure that mental health services are more queer friendly and and arguing working with government and arguing with government about how to do that. Um, you know, when government's rolling out major reforms, they're focused on the whole po whole of population, and, and we sit there with our our friends and partners in the uh, ethnic and multicultural communities and the disability communities all on the sidelines, saying, you know, if you're leaving us behind, you know, you're failing all of Victoria. If if you if everyone else is getting better, but you're still forgetting us, so mm -hmm. that that's very much part of what we're doing. Um, we have been successful in three of the mental health locals with Mind. Australia, who are a large mental health provider, and, and next year it will be the continued focus. 
is about mental health reforms. And, and add on to that family violence, drug law reform, um, anti-vilification legislation, that there's there's a lot of work to do. We will get back onto AML. You know, the TGA said they would make it safe and accessible. Yes. Pop it, um, it's, not, it's not accessible and it's questionable whether it, they've made it any safer, so we'll be back knocking on their door again. Yeah, I think, you know, they gave a... a you know, they, they made a finding, there were lots of feedback, you know, uh, Thorn Harbour and, and a lot of individuals made very strong advocacy. And they came to a decision, but it's actually not, it hasn't worked, has it? They, they made a finding, we jumped up and down, they reversed their yes. finding, made another finding, uh, and then they said they would ensure that something safe got to market and then COVID hit. Yeah. And and as with the rest of the health system, they all deviated and focused on COVID for the next three years. Mm. Um, so now we need to go back and remind yeah. them of the commitments that they made to our communities. Well, let's, uh, next time you're in, let's uh, get someone from TGA on and we'll ask them. <laughs> that would be great. We'll ask them. <laughs> <laughs> Wedge them. Yep. Excellent. <laughs> so what else, Simon? What else? Uh, what would you like to see in 2024? What's on your What's on your wish list? Oh, we would love to see, you know, a, a safe and uh, a society where our communities live, you know, with dignity and respect and, you know, and have all their needs met. Um, you know, the, there's always work to be done in our space. You know, we'd, we'd love to see more accessible housing yes. available to our communities. We need to recognise that we have higher rates of homelessness, higher rates of family violence, higher rates of drug and alcohol and mental health issues um, across the country because we're also in South Australia. Um, it, you know, it's, it's not the same in every state and territory. Um, we have appointed a director into South Australia, so um, we will be looking to, to build services in South Australia over the next two years. Oh, great. that's a great opportunity. I know yeah. that's been on the pad for a while. So congratulations on, yeah. on getting that recruitment um, finally yeah. sorted out. Yeah, so the board made a decision. It's not, it's not a funded role. Um, so the board's committed reserves for a couple of years to see. We're, we've now got some momentum in South Australia. We've got the HIV services. We've now got mental health and drug and alcohol services Fantastic. as well. So, uh, and we've employed a woman called Rebecca Ellis. Um, and Rebecca's come from a disability background. So yep. it's possibly in South Australia that we'll start to build disability services. Great. Simon, we're out of time. Um, thank you again for coming in, but thank you for your work and the organ you know your work as CEO and your advocacy, both in that role and sometimes behind the scenes. Thank you. It makes a difference. And you know, I you know I was telling some some friends about the vending machines, and they're like, "Really? Like, what a what a really incredible initiative!" And because you couldn't reach those people. No, there is, there is right now too, if you live rural or regionally, there is a national mail order yes. trial of vending machines that NAPWA has, has released and we're a partner in that. So if, if you're having trouble in rural and regional Victoria getting access to testing or anywhere in Australia, um, that's available. And, and could I give a quick shout sure. out? My former president, Chad Hughes, is driving to Kyneton at the moment, or Dalesford at the moment, so he asked me to drop his name in somehow, but I missed that opportunity. Do it again. And, and Greg Axton's, I also said I would give a shout out to. There Greg is a listener of um, yes. Satman every week he is um, and was asking me when I'd be on next so and I talked to I talked to Greg every week actually he, he was phones yeah. me to find out what's on and I managed to see him at the Star Observer event this week so lovely to see Greg up and about again he's yeah. been ill so um, yeah, yeah. Uh, great Greg, to see Greg you know like Joy FM Greg's probably got 30 years of activism <gasps> Joy 94.9 Joy 94.9 I think is what you meant to say there really. I still say 3 hello I'm going to set fire to your beard <laughs> <laughs> 
Simon, thank you ever so much. Thanks um, again. Great Cheers. to see you. Thank you. And have a good Saturday. You, you too, are thanks. on Saturday Magazine, Joy 94.9, with Macca and Paul. Coming up next, Joy Ambassador and uh, Melbourne's directly elected Lord Mayor Sally Von Cap. <laughs> Stay with us. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.